Today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Your ministry, where God has placed you, is going to impact people that will never be impacted by this church or by this ministry, but they're looking at you. You need to fulfill your ministry. Each believer in Christ has a ministry. You have a function. You have a purpose. You have a call in your life. God calls no one to his kingdom to be a pew warmer. Or in our case, a chair warmer. No, he calls us for a purpose. He calls us for his purpose, for his kingdom's purpose. None are called into the kingdom just to enjoy the ride. Sometimes we have to ask ourselves, are we being chair warmers for the gospel? In today's message from Pastor David, he encourages us to get out and share the gospel of Christ. As Christians, we are all called with a purpose to share the good news of the gospel. We might think, oh, that's just the pastor's job. No, we are all called to share and declare the good news of Christ. God did not call us simply to enjoy the ride, but to be active participants. Who can you share the gospel with this week? Now here's Pastor David with part two of his message, Paul's Swan Song. We have the name within our lives as Christians. And so in our lives, we need to understand, we need to be prepared to always give reason for the hope that's within us, to give a defense to everyone who asks for a reason for that hope. That's what Peter tells us. If I take the name of Christ, then I need to be able, I need to be willing to share the reality of what that means in my life. And all too often, the church is filled with silent witnesses. Silent witnesses who have never uttered the reason for that hope, the basis of their hope, why they call themselves even as Christians. Here Paul tells Timothy in verse two, he says, Timothy, you've got to be ready You've got to be ready in season and out of season to convince, to rebuke, to exhort, and with all long suffering and with teaching. Now, we may look at that and say, yeah, but that's the word to the pastor. That's what the pastor gets paid for, isn't it? No, according to the wholeness of the gospel, the whole context of the New Testament, all who take on the name of Christ are responsible for declaring that news to those that are within their circle. Let's face it, folks. There's people that you know that will never darken the doors of a church. They'll never listen to a Christian radio station. But they look at you, and you to them are the pastor and the message and the reality of the gospel. Are you ready in season and out of season 
Are you ready to be able to share the reason for the hope that's within you? As a minister of the gospel, Timothy, he he was called to be prepared. But for each of us, whether we be a pastor or a Sunday school teacher, whether we're an usher, whether we're simply a believer in Jesus Christ, we all need to be ready to give reason for that hope that's within us. As a follower of Jesus Christ, each of us should view our ministry, our personal ministry, as a full-time, all-the-time ministry, Because, beloved, faith involves every bit of your life. And if your faith doesn't involve every area of your life, then there's something greatly lacking within your faith. There's no moment of the day that Christ can't redeem if his own people are prepared to seize the opportunity as they come to them. Those who remain ready, those that remain alert in their faith, they participate willingly in that proclamation of the gospel, whether it's convenient or not. It's not simply the job description of the pastor or the elders or of a Sunday school teacher. It's the call for each of us as believers in Jesus Christ. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and with teaching. If we're called as each one of us as representatives of the Lord Jesus Christ, then in the spirit of love and in the spirit of meekness, we should be able to live out in a very physical, in a very real way and proclaim verbally the truth of the fullness of the message of the hope and of the correction and of the encouragement that's found within the word of God. It's a responsibility we have. Christ died, yes, for our sin. Our salvation cost us nothing, but at the same time, it cost us everything because Jesus himself even declared, unless you are willing to die and come and follow me, you can't really be my disciple. And as a matter of fact, you remember the story of the rich young ruler that came to him. Lord, I've done all these things. I've loved the Lord my God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. I've loved my neighbor as myself. And Jesus says, one thing, one thing you're lacking. Go and sell everything and come follow me. How committed are you? That's called commitment. I don't know if you recognize that. Some of you may not even know the meaning of that word, commitment. You understand convenience, you really don't understand commitment. And Jesus calls for us to commit, surrender all to him. Not everybody's called to preach, I understand that. Not everybody is called to teach a a class, small class or big class. I understand that. But every one of us are called to give reason for the hope that's within us. And from that hope, we have the encouragement then to share the truth of the gospel with those that we come in contact with as we move through this life. In our own, each one of our, in our personal sharing of that gospel message, it would still do us good to to remember the words of Warren Wiersbe. Now, Warren Wiersbe, he writes this to pastors, but as I read this, I thought, man, that's a good word for all of us to be able to understand. I believe it holds true for each one of us. He says that, Preaching, and let's just change that preaching to sharing, okay? The sharing of your faith should be marked by three elements, conviction, warning, and appeal. As Paul tells Timothy, to reprove, to rebuke, and to exhort, all three of those things. And Wiersbe says, to quote an an old rule for preachers, he says, he should afflict the comfortable and comfort the afflicted. And that's the reality and the truth of the message. 
of the gospel. It brings hope to the hopeless, but it brings correction to those that are arrogant and, and running from the truth. Wiersbe says, if we encourage those who ought to be rebuked, we are actually assisting them to sin. Biblical preaching, biblical sharing must be balanced. So here in 2 Timothy, Paul goes on to warn us in in, in verse 3. He says the time is going to come when they're not going to endure sound doctrine. They're not going to endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. Paul writes of the time that's going to come. It's it's difficult really to determine. Is he talking about the time to come in an individual's life or in the population as a whole? I really kind of think that both of those are true. I think that there does come a time in each individual's life if he continually neglects, if he continually refuses the gospel message, there's going to come a hardening of his heart that's going to shut out that still small voice of God. His heart then becomes filled with that siren's song that leads to destruction. And he's soon led away to his own destruction because he refused to listen to the message because he shut it out and he shut it out and he shut it out and he shut it out until the callousness of his heart grew so hard that the still small voice of God could not penetrate it or did not penetrate it. However, I also feel that there's going to come a time in in these last days, and I believe that we're seeing it even now. We're going to see this this proliferation, this growth of the rejection of the gospel message. Who are you to judge me in my life? Oh, the church is filled with a bunch of hypocrites. I would never go there. Oh, that might have been good for that day, but this is a modern day. This is a new day. We need to, again, bring the Bible up to the standards of where we're at today. No, we don't. Humanity needs to be brought up to the standards of the word of God. Some feel it's too restricting. They say it's too cumbersome to follow that message and to follow the teachings of Christ. They look to be free from all restrictions. They they don't want to have any kind of confinements, only to find themselves actually and truly under the bondage of sin. Oh, don't, don't bind me by the word of God. I'm free. No, you're not. You're bound in sin. And you're facing eternal consequences because of that. They won't endure. They won't won't submit themselves to sound doctrine. And so they chase after the wind. They try to fulfill their own desires. And then they only, at the end of that, they find themselves empty of meaning, empty of purpose, and they're far from the presence of God. And that's what Paul is warning about. In their desire for self-pleasure, in their effort to cast off all constraint, man is going to seek out teachers who will tell them what they want to hear rather than what they need to hear. Well, I don't want to go to that church. They step on my toes too often. I want to go to a place that just makes me feel good every time I go in. The problem is, is people are going to feel good all the way to hell, until they change their lives. By and large, people would rather believe a lie that makes them feel good for a moment than submit to the truth that would change their entire eternity. The unfortunate truth is most men will reach for momentary pleasure 
and they'll forsake eternal redemption. Paul says in verse 4, they'll turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside toward or to fables. So he warns Timothy and each one of us in verse 5, he says, but you, you be watchful in all things. You need to endure afflictions. You need to do the work of an evangelist. You need to fulfill your ministry. He's telling Timothy, he's telling you and I, we need to be continually on guard. We need to stand firm when all of the world around you turns against you. I've shared it before, but it's been a while, so I'll share it again. Any dead fish can float downstream. (laughs) But it takes a live fish to float upstream and to swim upstream. But you know the problem with swimming upstream? All the dead fish keep hitting you in the face. The affliction that comes in truly following Christ is real and true. We see it. We've seen it the world over and through the generations. And beloved, we're seeing it here in our country more and more. But it's the call of each of us in Christ to be willing to stand for Christ to be willing to share the hope that's within us. We haven't been called into the kingdom to hide our light under the basket. The kingdom of God doesn't have secret agents. Well, let me back this up. The the kingdom of God should not have secret agents. But the problem is, is all too often, that's exactly what we are. Are you a Christian? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm Christian, yeah. I mean, I don't make a big deal. I don't, I mean, I don't let it affect my life or anything. <laughs> really? We need to realize that by and large, the world and all of its systems, they're not going to be friendly to the gospel. And they're not going to be friendly to us when we make a serious commitment to Christ. Thing is, is are we willing to endure inflictions for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of someone else's eternity? When we consider that, am I willing to face affliction in my own life for the sake of my neighbor's eternity, for the sake of my co-worker's eternity, for the sake of my brother-in-law's, maybe not, no, yeah, even for the sake of my brother-in-law's eternity, am I willing to face affliction in order to be able to share the hope of the gospel? Do you want to follow Jesus? then you need to understand what that means and and what it's going to continue to mean in the last days. Jesus told his followers back in the Gospel of Matthew, he says, you as my followers, you as my followers are the light of the world. And a city that's set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. And Jesus commanded each one of us, he says, let your light so shine before men that they might see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. When we're determined in our hearts, in our spirits, to truly follow Jesus, to truly follow that call of a Jesus follower, it's going to be the empowering work of the Holy Spirit that allows us to endure those afflictions. We can't do that on our own. I understand that. 
It's going to be the empowering work of the Holy Spirit that we're going to be able to do the work of an evangelist. And when I say evangelist, I don't mean you're standing on a stage with your Bible open and your finger pointing. and That's not what I'm saying. But to do the work of an evangelist is to be able to share the hope of the gospel with somebody in a clear way, in a clear and understandable way. What does it mean to become a Christian? I could probably take that question and spread it across the congregation this morning and ask each one of you, what does it mean or how do I truly become a Christian? And the sad reality is there's many of you that have been going to church for years and years and years, and you would have a struggle in truly writing that out in some clear, understandable way. Let me challenge you. Get off into your secret place. If it's your bedroom, the the hall closet, get in the bathroom with a notebook, whatever it is, and write out for yourself, what does it mean to be a Christian? And how does one become a Christian? Because beloved, if you can't do that on your own in the quietness and in the privacy of your quiet place, you will never do it to that lost and dying neighbor or that coworker or that friend or that relative who is a good guy, a good gal, but they don't know Jesus. It's only through the surrender of our lives to Christ, being led by the Holy Spirit, that each of us are going to be able to fulfill our ministry. And you say, well, I'm I'm not in the ministry. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just part of the congregation. No, we are all called in the ministry. Some have different jobs, different... Paul, very clear about that, both in Romans and and Ephesians and in Corinthians. There's different parts of the body, different parts of the ministry. And your ministry, where God has placed you, is going to impact people that will never be impacted by this church or by this ministry but they're looking at you. You need to fulfill your ministry. Each believer in Christ has a ministry. You have a function. You have a purpose. You have a call in your life. God calls no one to his kingdom to be a pew warmer, okay? or in our case, a chair warmer. No, he calls us for a purpose. He calls us for his purpose, for his kingdom's purpose. None are called into the kingdom just to enjoy the ride. We're each called as part of the body with purpose and responsibility before God. The Apostle Paul, first of all, he committed himself first and foremost as a believer in Jesus Christ. And it's from that commitment of surrender to and and to follow Jesus that the Lord was able to use him for greater purposes. And in the midst of his service for the Lord, guess what? There was a tremendous amount of personal sacrifices within his life. He understood that following Christ meant that there was going to be sacrifice within his life. Paul writes here in his second letter to Timothy here in chapter 4, he tells Timothy down in verse 6, he says, I'm already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. But I've fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. So finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me in that day. And not to me only but also to all who have loved his appearing. Paul, more than anybody else, knew how close he was to that finish line. He knew it was going to happen at any point in time. Paul understood the time of his life was temporary at best. The time of his departure was at hand. He knew the fight was near an end, and he also knew that through it all, he had remained faithful. 
Had he remained perfect? No, I don't believe so. And I, I believe that Paul, even as he said, man, I don't count that I've obtained, but this I do, I continue to press on toward the prize of the high call. Paul knew that he wasn't perfect, but Paul knew that he'd been faithful in his pursuit of following Christ and doing the work of ministry Christ had called him to. Paul speaks as one who gives his life away, not as one whose life was going to be taken. No, I believe that Paul surrendered his life years and years ago. Was it completely on that road to Damascus when he was struck down and the Lord spoke to him? Or was it a beginning of a a process within his life? But I believe that Paul gave his life away a long time ago. So here at the end of his race, Paul anticipates, he expects a crown. That's not in a boastful way. That's an, an expectation of the fulfillment of the Lord's promise in his life. And not for him only, Paul knew that that crown awaited all those that loved his appearing, for all those that trusted Christ, for all those that looked forward to a soon return. And again, not a boastful statement. It was a declaration of the faithfulness that Christ was going to complete what he had promised because Paul knew that Christ was the faithful one. We simply surrendered into his will, into his purpose. We're, We're surrendered into his plan in our life. And he's the one that remains faithful. When we stand before him, you and I, we, we don't have anything to, to boast about. Only a grateful heart for all that he's done on our behalf. I don't know if the song ever made the top 40 of its time. I'm not real sure. And I'm, I'm not too sure how many popular Christian artists have have, uh, recorded the song. But the words of the song actually speak volumes to us, speaks volumes of truth to us. And I believe the Apostle Paul would stand in absolute and complete full agreement with this one songwriter of his time, a fellow by the name of Isaac Watts. He wrote a few years ago, the 1700s, as a matter of fact. The second verse of one of his songs declare, Forbid it, Lord, that I should boast, save in the death of Christ my God. All the vain things that charm me most, I sacrifice them to his blood. You know the song, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross on which the prince of glory died. My richest gain I count as loss and poor contempt on all my pride. See from his head, his hands, his feet, sorrow and love flow mingled down. Did e'er such love and sorrow meet or thorns compose so rich a crown? Were the whole realm of nature mine? It would be a present all too small. Love so amazing, so divine. It demands my soul, my life, my all. Preach the word. Live it and be willing and able to declare it. Because there is a lost and dying world all around it. And you are the only church the only Bible, the only gospel they know. Open our hearts, change us from within by the open word.
The Apostle Paul exhorts us in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2 to share God's Word in season and out of season. We need to be ready to share the gospel message wherever we go with whomever we encounter. Jesus' message is for everyone and is needed by all. If you've been changed by Jesus, tell the world. We hope today's message on the open word has kindled a fire in your spirit to share Jesus. If you'd like to listen again, find this message and many others online at theopenword.com. You can also subscribe to our podcast, gaining access to messages straight from God's word as soon as we post them. Before our time with you is up today, Pastor David has a special invitation for you. Well, I hope that today's message has encouraged you in your faith. and It's given you a hunger to learn more about God. If you're in the Casa Grande area, you're looking for a church to attend, I'd be honored to have you join us here at Calvary Chapel of Casa Grande. You can find directions and service times by visiting theopenword.com and following the links to our church homepage. We welcome you to be a part of our time of worshiping our Savior and studying the words of the Bible verse by verse, growing closer to Him each week. Thanks, Pastor David. You'll also be able to get more information by calling 520-836-9676. That's 520-836-9676. Thanks again for tuning in today to The Open Word. Pastor David will return to share more from the book of 2 Timothy right here on The Open Word. Make us more.